telling Travis, who's asking, asking about my putting the podium up here, I said, don't, don't worry about today. Today's one of those days. Have you, have you ever, do you, have, did you ever see uh, where, I remember seeing this, don't know where it was at, I don't know if they're all, if they made them this way or what, but it was a, it was a wash tub, it was like a, a wash machine tub, and there was a bicycle connected to it, and so you'd sit there and pedal to make the, the tub spin to wash your clothes. And so I told him, I said, today I, I've got to, I'm going to have to come down here because I've got to walk around because the walking is going to make my brain work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I'm going to walk around here, and now I'll let, you know, you can decide later. I don't think it worked either, but, uh, <clears throat> but that's where we're going to go. Uh, let me mention next Sunday... I'm going to begin a series that, that will last about four weeks, um, and that series is going to be on, I'm going to call it identity, but I'll tell you what it really is, it's post-encounter. Um, when you ha- and, and we've been talking about having encounters with Jesus, and how life-changing an encounter with Jesus really is. Not an encounter with religion, but an encounter with Jesus. And a personal, intimate encounter with Jesus can change your life. But once you've had an encounter, once you've come to Jesus and, and you've received the Lord as your Savior and, and you've experienced your sin being forgiven and all that, you still have to go home. And you still have to get up. You still got to wash clothes. Still got to clean babies. And you still got to go to work, and you still do do all that stuff, right? And so sometimes it's really easy for that 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 post encounter to get a little bit unnerving or confusing. And, and we're going to talk about a little bit of how that happens today. And so what we're going to do is spend four weeks talking about how. Find out who we are in Jesus. Find out who you are in the Lord. And then learn how to walk in that by faith. Because when you come to Jesus, let me tell you, you don't just put on a new t-shirt. It's not like I'm going from serving the devil to take it off, put it on, serving Jesus. It's not like you've just joined a new religion. I just went from no religion to Christianity. There's something big that happens in your life, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's what we're going to look at. That part is going to be, is, is the continuation of transformation. But, that, but we're not going to do that today. That's going to be next, that will be starting next Sunday. But we're going to go back and we're going to get this, this poor woman that we kind of left last week as we got distracted with all these religious people that were disgruntled about her healing. We're going to go back and get her and take her home. So turn with me to Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. That was not uncommon for Jesus. He did it in many different places on the Sabbath. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit... For 18 years. 18 years 
what did it look like? She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. This lady visibly, when you saw her come in the door, she would have been so bent over that she, she could not straighten up at all. We just saw that, right? It's not like she could straighten No, she couldn't straighten up at all. It would have been easily recognizable to any of us if she walked in this door from a physical standpoint, right? She could not straighten up. When Jesus saw her, you ever felt like nobody sees you? Have you ever felt like you were invisible? At home, at work, church, you just feel like nobody sees you and you feel like Jesus doesn't see you either? You ever been down that road? Jesus, when he saw her, he called her forward. And he said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hand on her and immediately she straightened up. And what she do? She straightened up and praised God. Here's my message today. Straighten up and praise God. <laughs> That's it. Lord, thank you for this day, and we will. I told the early service, I said, if I was T.D. Jakes, I could take straighten up and praise God and, and, and just say it a thousand times, and, and I mean, we'd get it. I'm not T.D. Jakes. I can't do what he can do. But he's, a, I mean, he's, well, he's probably my, my favorite preacher of all time. And um, so I'm not going to try to do him, uh, but... If you have an issue, straighten up, praise God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, this boggles my mind. There's six days for work. So come and be healed on those days. Not on the Sabbath. Could you have not picked a better day to get healed? Why'd you get healed on my day? Why'd you get healed on this day? Why don't you get healed on another day? Can you see the, the abundance of overflowing compassion that this pastor had for this woman? And evidently, I mean, <clears throat> we don't actually know this. But she was there that day, don't know if she was there because she knew Jesus was there. And a lot of times Jesus, I mean, see, when Jesus came down and Jesus taught in the synagogue, he didn't often send out flyers and say, uh, Jesus' international ministry is going to be at, you know, so-and-so synagogue today. And so we'd just like to have everybody to drop in and make sure to bring your offering when you come. That wasn't what Jesus did. He just went in, he just showed up, and he just taught. And so she was there, likely this woman was a woman of faith, religion, faith in God, but, but wrapped up in religion of the, uh, of the old covenant, in the law, wrapped up in religion. But she is there that day, and Jesus sees her, and, and he, he prays for her, and she, he, he puts his hands on her, it says, you're free, you're loose, boom, she straightens up, and she starts to walk around, and the first thing that comes out of the pastor's mouth is, couldn't you have gotten healed on another day? i got a sermon to preach today. 
We don't have time for this people getting healed and saved. We got to talk about Jesus. Hello. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to get water? You hypocrite. I'm, I'm looking at you, Regina. I didn't mean I, I, I should have looked at <laughs> you. You hypocrite. I need to point down the middle of an aisle or something like that when I'm doing that. Don't Jesus says, you hypocrite. You care more about your animals than you do people. You are willing to do this on the Sabbath day for your ox and for your donkey. But here is a woman who has been bound 18 years by Satan. And this woman is set free today. And all you can say is, why didn't you get healed on another day? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. Not going to repeat last week, but last week we saw that religion is powerless to do anything about your situation. As a matter of fact, religion does more than that. Religion doesn't lift a burden. Religion puts a burden on you. And this woman had experienced this, and, and, and it just was like the icing on the cake right there at the end that she saw that this religion is not doing anything, but Jesus can. And all across this land today are people who are going to the synagogue, to churches, gathering in churches with needs. And many of those people will never get their needs met because we're more concerned about our religion than we are about Jesus changing lives. What he wants to do to change life. He is compassionate. Jesus loves people. You're here today. He loves you. I had somebody tell me that, well, you know, this really wasn't about that woman. What this was about was Jesus was establishing his authority, his new authority, that the old has gone, the new has come. Well, okay, he may have been doing that, but I want to tell you something. It was about that woman. It's always about a person. It's always about your need because Jesus came to die on a cross for you. It's always about you. It's always his caring for you. It's always his love for you. It's always his mercy for you. It's always his grace for you. It's always about you. It's about your pain. It's about your hurt. It's about what you're going through because he loves you. Religion can't love your heart. Jesus can. Religion can't set you free from a spirit that binds you. Jesus can. Religion can't set you free from sin. It can expose it. It can expose your tendency toward it. But it can't set you free from it. And this woman comes and she finds freedom. She finds love because Jesus saw her, and just like everybody else, and just like everybody in this room, when he looks at you, he's moved with compassion. 
He loves you, Randy. You're a hypocrite, but he loves Randy. Aren't you glad you sat on a different row? <laughs> he loves you. And, 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 and he wants a relationship, an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. He wants that. His compassion for you is so far beyond this woman was bent over, and it was obvious when she came in the door that she was bent over and she could not straighten up. But here's what I know. I know that a lot of you came in this door this morning, and it's not obvious that you have a physical need, but Jesus knows that inside you may be burdened down as you sit in this room and you look at me and you may even smile, one or two of you. You may even smile, 12 of you then. That's good. We're getting better. But you know inside that though you're not physically weighted down by a burden, Inside, you're weighted down by a burden. Some burden, this lady's burden was 18 years long. This lady carried this thing for 18 years, and for 18 years, religion could not do, could do nothing for her. For 18 years, she is broken down. For 18 years, she's ridiculed. For 18 years, she's mocked by the kids as she walks on her way to church. For 18 years, people just didn't deal with her. For 18 years, she was set aside. For 18 years. And see, for some of you, it may not be 18 years, it may be 18 months, but something has you so burdened down that, that you can't function in the fullness of what God has for you. She was disabled by this thing. And though we can't see your disability, something inside has you disabled. Something inside has you unable to experience the fullness of the freedom that Jesus died on a cross and rose again to pay for you. Something inside has you crippled down. And it may be something somebody else did to you. It could be something somebody said to you. It could be, it could be something insensitive that somebody said to hurt your feelings or it could go as far as sexual abuse or it could go as far as, as physical abuse or, 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 or beating or just somebody emotionally downgrading you and trying to keep you down. Sometimes there, there are things going on on the inside. Maybe a son who has tried to please his dad, wanted his dad's recognition, wanted his dad to look at him and just say, son, I'm proud of you. And he tried everything he could for all of his entire life and never got it. And because of that, you're still bowed down and your dad has died and gone on and you're still carrying the burden of trying to live up to something that he put out there that was unreachable for you. And you will live your life under this burden until you come to the point to realize you got a new daddy now. I'm not telling you that you don't love your dad but I am telling you you when you come to Jesus you got a new daddy 
And that new daddy looks at you when you've been born again. He looks at you as righteous. He looks at you as clean. He looks at you as holy. He looks at you as loved. He looks at you as free. He looks at you as powerful. He looks at you as delivered. Can you see that? Can you see that about you? Because that's what he sees. What's got you bent over, bowed over, broken down that you can't enjoy all that God has for you? What is it? This lady, Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath, she comes in. But something's different on this day. Glad she didn't quit, Randy. Reggie, I'm glad that this lady last Sabbath didn't say I'm tired of this because she'd have missed Jesus. I'm glad she didn't quit. See, some of you are just barely hanging on. Some of you have been thinking about quitting. Some of you have been thinking about quitting on your marriage. Some of you have been thinking about quitting on your family. Some of you have been thinking about quitting on life. But here's what I'm telling you. Jesus is here to lift your burden. You're here on the right day. You're here on the right day. He is here to set you free from that. It may be some tough decisions, but He will set you free. What's got you broken down? What is it that's got you not able to enjoy your relationship with the Lord? What is it that's weighting you down? Didn't Peter say, cast your cares on the Lord because He cares for you? How many of you feel like your burden is too heavy to even cast it? The load you're carrying, the weight of sin, what somebody else has done to you, it may be something you've done. See, the burden that I have carried at points in my life from the moment that I was born again was really never what other people did to me as much as what I did and felt guilty about it. And that can be a burden. Not that, not that you've been hurt. Maybe you hurt somebody. Maybe you are the one who did the hurting. But whatever it is and wherever it comes from, whatever's got you burdened down, man, you can be free today. You can be free today. Jesus didn't walk in and say, man, I'm just here to tell you guys that I am the burden lifter. I'm the setter free of, of infirmities. I am the healer, and we're going to start next Sunday. So everybody show up that you want to. Jesus never did anything next Sunday. He always did something today, right now. Everything Jesus did, he did it right now. I mean, right now. He didn't say, come back next week, we'll talk about it. What you need? Got leprosy? Boom, you're healed. What you need? Your hands withered? Boom, you're healed. Can't see? I hit you softer, Judy. <laughs> Boom. Blind? Let's open them eyes. When? Later? No, right now. 
can't talk, want to talk, when you want to talk, right now, boom, you can talk. Want to run, can't run, why? Because you're laying over here next to the pool and you can't get anywhere? I'll tell you what, let's just do this thing. You've been waiting on the angels to come along, stir this pool up, and, and yet hadn't been able to get there? I'll tell you what, you don't have to wait on that anymore because Jesus is here. I'm here, and we're going to do this thing now. What Jesus wants to do in your life is now. You keep on waiting for next week, next Sunday, next year, when something else happens when somebody apologizes, when somebody does something for you, when somebody pays you back. Jesus is saying, let's just do this thing now. If I go out, sometimes I feel like there's rockets in my feet. (laughs) If I ever go out this roof, just let me go. Just let me go. (laughs) Just go, go hang out with Jesus. He loves you. He cares about what you've got, what's burdening you down. He cares about what's hurting you. He cares. We don't have a, a high priest who is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. No, we have one who is touched with our pains, our hurts, our struggles. He cares. And he just wants you to say, okay, Lord, you want to do it now. I just need to want to do it now. I got to quit procrastinating. I got to quit saying next week, next Sunday, next year. You want to do what you do now. I want you to do what you do now. We're in agreement. We both voted. It's done now. It's done. Do you know the Lord cares about the little things? Doesn't he? The little things. What this lady... What did she do after she was set free? She praised him. She praised him, didn't she? Straighten up and praise God. She praised him. See, the moment to praise him is now. Right? You can't praise him tomorrow because it's not here yet. You can't praise him yesterday because it's already gone. But you can praise him now. You can praise him now. But here's the problem. This lady is so excited. God's just done something awesome in her life. She starts to praise the Lord. And the first response is... Can we not do this stuff right now? Uh, Could you not have come on another day for your healing? See, here's what I want you to know. When you have an encounter with the Lord, not everybody's going to be excited about it. When you have an encounter with Jesus, not everybody is going to be... Let me put it this way. Nobody is going to be as excited about your encounter as you and Jesus are. Nobody. You ever had somebody come up to you and they start, I'll just tell you what the Lord did to me, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) All good. And they're sitting there like, it's just awesome. And you're going, what's wrong with this person? So we ought to understand 
that not everybody's going to be excited, as excited as we are and as Jesus is for what just happened. And a lot of times when we leave that encounter, and have you ever had an encounter with the Lord? You, you, you went, whether it was in a building, whether it's church or whether it's in your car, and you just had all Man, just one of those moments, it just filled up, and you just, oh, ever had one of those? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had an encounter like that with the Lord? And you go home? Honey, I just got to tell you what happened. Uh, what are you doing? Why are you late? You knew we were supposed to leave at this time, and, and you're coming in late. But I just got to tell you about Jesus. I ain't caring about Jesus right now. This is about me and you. And all of a sudden, you went, went. And, and for those of you that are listening by way of tape, you don't see all these motions and actions that I'm doing, which describe exactly what I'm saying. So you're missing out on some things. So I just want to encourage you to come here in the building next time, and we'll... <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? People are just not going to be as excited about it. I, I, I don't go to conferences anymore. I don't go to conferences anymore without Carla. Um, we, we go to one conference a year. Uh, we, we'll, doesn't, you know, we get to pick it. We get to pick whatever, whichever one we go to. But one, one week out of a year, we go to a conference, a, a church conference of sort, where we can just get filled up. And... I don't go without her because I need somebody excited with me when I come back. And see, when I come back, everybody else has not been experiencing that. So everybody else is just like, well, would he get his tail back here and start doing his work? And I'm just like, I think I'm walking on water. I'm not even sure right now to tell you the truth, but this is pretty awesome. And then when I come back, it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I'm back into the real world. Are you with me? And see, what happens is, is this encounter that we've just had that was, that was exuberating, this, count, this encounter that had us just praising God. Now we find out that, well, not everybody is quite as excited as I am. How many of you have ever been to one of those conferences where it's just like, man, it's a, it, is, it is on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm talking about? It is on. Fire. Whoa, everybody praising the Lord. See, every church has got about 10 people who just really get excited about Jesus and they're doing this. About 10 of them. All 10 of those show up at the conference. All ten. Ten from this church, ten from that church, ten from that church, ten from that church, and they all show up in that one place, and then it's just like, it is just, whoa! And then you go back to, to your church, 
And it's like, what is wrong with these people? Does nobody love Jesus but me in this place? (laughs) Because you're back to your tent. I especially love those people who go to those conferences and then who who have... (laughs) Now, I'm not saying... You you, you worship however you want to worship, but I just got... I always love those people who go to those who ordinarily at their church, it's like this during singing. And then they go to a conference and then they say, why is our church not like that? (laughs) Well, maybe because most of them are like you, stand there with your hands in your pockets just looking at stuff. Okay, I thought about before I said that I shouldn't have, now I realize I shouldn't have said that. But it's too late. Cat's out of the bag. Praising the Lord. She's praising the Lord. Do you know how many things that God does in our life? I told the early service this this morning. I don't think they believe me. I said, I think Jesus loves me more than he does anybody else. And then I think they decided he didn't. And then I had to agree with them. Um, he, he loves you so much. I, it's so far beyond. And it, you see, a lot of times we blame stuff on God that he's not responsible for. So therefore we get mad at him. See, not everybody that dies, not everything that happens in this world is because God was responsible. Hate it when you go to those funerals. Somebody's passed on and somebody stands up and makes a stupid statement like, well, God just needed another flower in his garden. That is the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. He just needed another angel. What? Anyway. Shouldn't have said that one either. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, this walking around thing may be getting me in trouble today. I think... <laughs> oh, Lordy. Are you aware of how many, of how many blessings that God gives you every day because because you know we can be unaware we can get so focused on and i'm there's nothing that will take a smile off of your face like religion if you ever seen those religious people who will come to you and they will start talking to you about jesus and going to heaven and you're thinking you know what i would almost be afraid to accept what you're giving me because I do not want to look like what you look right now. You better accept Jesus. And the last thing in you world you want to do is accept that Jesus. Right? There's a world running away from Jesus. It's because they don't know him. 
They know religion. They know what people scream about, but they don't know him. I'm going to tell you, when you get to know him, you will fall head over heels in love. When you get to know Jesus for who he is and what he has done for you and for me, when you get to realize how much he loves you, when you get to realize his grace, when you realize that you and I deserve nothing but hell because of our sinfulness, and yet Jesus came, went to the cross, died, took my sin, took your sin upon himself, turned around, gave us his righteousness, and said, here, take it, it's yours freely. Lord, how long do I get to keep it? Forever? I mean, you you mean just until I sin again. Uh, Let me tell you something. If I take it away every time you sin again, you're going to be in big trouble. I better just give it to you freely forever. When we realize that that's what he's done. Oh, I mean, that's just, don't let religion rob you of your joy. Don't let religion rob you of love. Don't let religion blind you to the beautiful little winks that God gives you every single day. Religious will keep, religion will keep you focused on sin. Religious will keep, religion will keep you focused on sin. All day long we're trying not to sin. When you realize that you've been completely forever set free from your sin, then you can spend your whole day thinking about Jesus. Does anybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? That's freedom. This woman was set, that's the only kind of freedom that will help you straighten up from the burden that's got you bent over. That's freedom. Bud, and I, and I used to be this person, Lordy, because I, I spent, I, let me tell you, I think for a lot of people, the best thing that could happen, could have happened to them, had they never been in church, had they never heard the name of Jesus, and had they never read the Bible. Now, I realize that could make the headlines of many religious newspapers. Pastor says... He doesn't want his people to read the Bible, to know Jesus, or to go to church. No, let me tell you what I'm saying. When I came to Jesus, when I met him, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything, Randy. I mean, I, I, knew, I heard about David and Goliath, about David building that ark, you know, I think Goliath was the one that helped build. Am I right about that? Wouldn't you want a Goliath help you build something that heavy? I didn't know anything. But I was able to meet Jesus. See, I was able to meet him. I didn't have to clear a bunch of religion out of my head. 
I didn't have to go through all the stuff that I was taught that God doesn't do this anymore and God doesn't do that anymore. And, and you got to be careful with the Holy Spirit because, you know, people get out of hand with that. And, and why well, God doesn't do those healing things anymore. Our miracles were past and, 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 and speaking in tongues was for the long time ago. And you can't really depend on this. And I tell you, you read the Bible too much. You'll, you, you'll just lose your mind. I mean, you know, you could just lose your mind and I didn't have to deal with with all of that. I was free from when Jesus came into my life. I just met him. It's just like, you are awesome, Jesus. You are just flat out awesome. I mean, you are awesome. Until I realized you can't talk to Jesus like that. You got to say, thou art the most wise. No. You're awesome. <laughs> Nobody taught me how to pray. I just thought prayer was just talking until I found out it wasn't. You can't just talk to the Lord, and when you do pray, you got to make sure you pray in Jesus' name. You can't talk to the Father, and you can't talk to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's always pointing to Jesus. If you talk to the Father, well, you can't get to the Father except through Jesus, so you got to always say in Jesus' name. And so now it's like, man, I've been, this thing was so awesome, but now it's just starting to not be so awesome. I didn't know it was this complicated. When I met Jesus and, and, and he was already in love with me and I fell in love with him and we were hanging out and, and it was just so awesome and cool, but now I'm not sure when I go to knock on the door, what am I supposed to say when I get there? Because what if I say the wrong thing? Will he not open the door? I just don't know what to do anymore. And then you meet the guy that says, well, you say you're saved, but let me ask you, how were you baptized? And then, what did they say when you were baptized? Uh, Because you could be baptized and they say the wrong thing and it doesn't count. And I'm thinking, I'm not really sure, but I think I was underwater while he was saying it. So I'm just going to assume that he said the right thing because it was, you're awesome, Jesus. It was, you, yes. And you just need to get to know Jesus. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. If you have been born again, but yet you've been so wrapped up in, in, in religion that you haven't been able to find him, I just want to tell you, go get alone somewhere for a little while. And just let him just strip all that away and just say, Lord, I just want to know you. Just raw. I just want to know you. I don't want to know all the doctrines, and I don't want to know all the theologies right now, and, and all that stuff will come later. I don't want to know all, right now. I just want to know you, and I just want to say thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising, getting out of the grave three days. I just want to thank you, Lord, that you love me so much that you would do that for me. I just want to thank you. Just get with him. Every day of your life. He's winking at you. Or, as some people say, butterfly kisses. Every day, every day, he's, he's saying, I love you. You're my girl. I know what you think. 
I know what you think about yourself, but you've got to get over that because Daddy loves you. I know you feel insecure, but what I want you to know is I'm with you always. I'm never going to leave you. Get, you can move past that because Daddy loves you. I know you feel weak, but here's what I want you to know. Daddy's strong enough for all of us. I know you look at yourself sometime and you don't like what you see, but I want to tell you Daddy thinks you are the most beautiful thing on the face of the earth. That's Jesus. That's Him. He loves you that much. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Little... Can I tell you just about a little wink the Lord gave me yesterday? Just a little, little hug, a little. I had uh, I'd gone to mom's. My sister and I had gone to my mom's <clears throat> to have breakfast yesterday morning, and then I went out and tidied up her yard, mowed and weeded it, and blowed off and all that kind of stuff. And after I was done. I had an errand to run, then I was going home. And I was thinking about all the things that I needed to do at the house. Anybody ever run through mental to-do lists in your head? You do that? I mean, I could ask some of you right now, and you could just start like... Well, so I've run through this mental to-do list of things. Okay, we need new gutters on the house. We need... Um, we need dirt. It's going to have to be painted soon. We got, oh, Lord, we've got a deck. It's got to be replaced on the, on the front. And one on the back uh, is so unlevel that it, it just it looks like it's buried in the fall. Okay, I've got all this stuff to do. I've got a big hole in the back next to the foundation of my house uh, that I need dirt for. And where in the world do you find? Uh, where do you, where's the dirt store? Where do you buy dirt? I mean, where do you buy dirt? I mean, dirt is everywhere, and you can't have it. <laughs> I, you go out and get it, you'll find out you wasn't supposed to. Uh, Your Honor, I found the pastor out in my yard, and he was stealing my dirt. But it's dirt! And I just needed some dirt. Where do you get dirt? And if you buy dirt, buy the bags. Do you know how many bags it's going to take to fill up a big old place? $5 bag of dirt? Who wants to pay $5 for a bag of dirt? When it's everywhere. So I'm just thinking, I don't know. But even if I knew where to get dirt, even if I knew where to buy dirt, I don't have any way of getting it. I don't have a truck. I don't have a, I don't have a truck. If I did have a truck, where do I go get it? I'm, I'm, I'm in a struggle. This is a crisis of life here. I just don't know. I mean, there's a point where all that starts going through your head, and it's just like you feel smoke. And so I go home. And, and pull in and go out and get my lawnmower and I start to mow my yard and um, look over at my neighbor's house. Y'all with me? I look over at my neighbor's house and there's a little, there's one of those little bitty loader, one of those little bobcatish thingies. 
little loader, got a bucket on the front of it. And he's over in her yard just digging up dirt. He's digging her dirt up. I need dirt. He's got a little bucket. I went over there and I said, what are you, uh, what are you doing? Uh, what are you going to do with that dirt? He said, oh, we had to haul it off. Lord mercy. I said, you don't have to haul it off if you don't want to down there. I've got a place right over here. You just dump it right there, and I'll, I'll take it and put it where it belongs if you'll just bring it over there and dump it. And he said, sure, be glad to. And I'm thinking, winky wink. <laughs> I mean, I just thought of that that morning. I hadn't even been thinking about dirt for a while. And I thought about dirt that morning, and the Lord said after said, watch this. Come here, guys, watch this. I will show you what we're going to do. He's been thinking about dirt. He's all confused about where he's going to get dirt. Let me show him that the maker and the creator of dirt knows how to get him dirt when he needs dirt. And not only do I know where to find it, I can get it into his yard. He brought over a truck. Joshua and I got our shovels. Now, he didn't dump it. So we had to unload the truck. Joshua and I got up in the back of that truck and we unloaded a, a whole truckload of dirt. Now I told Joshua, I said, big thing now, I said, we're going to have to wheelbarrow this dirt to these places. That's going to be tough. And that guy come over, he said, hey, uh, he said, I'm going to have a couple more buckets here. Uh, you got any place I can put it? And I said, yeah, right there, see that hole beside the house? So he comes over with a bucket full of dirt, dumps it right in the hole right where I needed the dirt to be, Quentin, in the hole. <laughs> right in the hole. And then he takes his little bucket, he smashes it, and he scoots it around. It's leveled out. And I walked away from there thinking, and all I did was think I needed dirt. And the Lord gave it to me, put it in the right place, smoothed it out. Woo! Jesus is awesome. You're awesome, Jesus. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And he wants that for you. We're going to take just a minute. We're going to pray. If you're here today and you're still carrying that burden around, let it go. Say, bud, I can't even push it up. You don't have to. See, he already paid for it. So it's like this big bungee cord that's, that's tied to it already and all you've got to do is turn it loose and it goes Pfft. just let it go just let it go Jesus is taking it for you what is it? let it go you want to be free? just let it go would you bow your heads and if, if you have a burden that's weighted you down today is day one of not having it anymore may have been 18 years, 18 months, 5 years, 18 days. But today, now is the time, now is the day. This is day one of your freedom. Will you let Jesus have it? Will you just pray now, Lord Jesus? I refuse to carry this burden anymore. doesn't even make sense for me to carry a burden that you've already paid for to take away. So today I release it. In the name of Jesus, I release it. 
and I am free. I am free. Father, we praise you. You are the burden lifter. Lord, you came to heal the brokenhearted, and you've done that. You've came to give joy, to give peace. I pray today, Lord, that joy replaces sadness in the heart of any person here, that today we receive your joy. Today we turn loose of turmoil and we receive your peace. Today we turn loose of the burden and receive your rest. Today we turn loose of blame. We turn loose of everything, unforgiveness, everything. We just release it today, Lord, so that we can have all of you. And we choose to walk in that. And we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I love you. High five somebody. Just, just turn around and high five somebody. Just, oh, and just say, Jesus, you're awesome. You are dismissed. I love you. See you next week.